Here we go. Hi, everybody. Um, just get out of the way. I think we will meet next week. I, I don't know. This is like relaxing for me compared to, you know, you mitzvah. Mean? I'm saying people send me oh, like, oh, the bar mitzvah right next after. week. So mitzvah My hope is that we will. My plan is, my plan is that we should, we will meet next week. I don't see it. I don't see any reason to be canceling. So hopefully we'll be uh, on target. Hi, how are you? Nice to see you. Grab a sheet. Okay, so. Lach Lacha. We finally have arrived. We did Noach. And now we can talk a little Lach Lacha. Um, and we're going to talk about a story within Lach Lacha that is not one of the big stories. In fact, it's a story that we usually just kind of like, you know, gloss over quickly. And usually if it's a story that we gloss over quickly, it's because we don't understand it. Now, if we, if we get it, then we like to read it because it's fun, right? The stories that we don't get. So those are the stories that we, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, like whatever. So um, I have these, all these, it's my son's apartment, it's the Shabbat, so I have all of the, I have all these psukim like running in my, I, I taught him how to like, so I have all these psukim like oh, wow. running in my head, you know, as he, but um, I said it'd be funny, I should like try, like could I lean it? I don't even know. I never tried. I just, li- I just listened to it over and over and over and over and over, you know? Like one of my, one of my best friends. Yeah. Like we- <laughs> exactly. One of, my, one of my friends, one of my best friends, I still know how to lay the first idea of his bar mitzvah parasha because I was always in the house when he was getting his bar mitzvah lesson. So, uh, so anyways, okay. So let's talk about the four kings and the five kings. Everyone can come wherever you want to be is good, but if you want to be closer, you can if you want. It's up to you. Okay. Uh, okay, so let's take a look at four kings and five kings. So it says the four kings and the five kings. We're not going to read the whole story because the whole story is actually a lot, a lot, a lot of psukim. But we're going to get to the, we're going to cover the basics and then we're going to ask some questions and hopefully we'll get some understanding. No, that's four kings. Asum milchama, they made war with Bera Melech Sadom, Bersha Melech Amora, Shina Melech Adma, Shemever Melech Tzvayim, Umelech Bela Hitzawar. We're not going to talk about who these people are and why we care about their names, but it's a fair question also. But four kings make a war with five kings. Fine. Skip now a bunch of Sukkim, dot, dot, dot. Vaikhu, as Korachush Sadom, as they come in to attack Sadom, they took all of the money, right, all the stuff that was in Sodom Vamora, Ves Kolachlam and all their food. Vayalichu, and they run, and they got out of there, right? So they went in basically and they they what do you call it? They pillaged they pillaged uh, um Stom and Amora. Okay. And then what happened? Vaikhu es lot Ves Ruchusha Ben Achi Avraham. Vayalechu. Vuhu Yoshe Bisodom. And then they took Lot and his stuff. And by the way, Lot is the son of Avram's brother. Vayelechu, and they left. Vuhu Yoshe Bisodom. And who was in Sodom? Who was in Sodom? Lot, presumably, lived in Sodom. And so they bring this whole... Hi, welcome, guys. They, they bring everybody... They, they, they take Lot and his stuff, and everybody... Come on in. Come on in. Come on. We, we have space. Now. More space. Come on in. So, um... So they, they found that, they, they go ahead and they, and they take this, uh, all the stuff from Lot. Okay, come on in. You have a seat. Welcome. You have any more sheets? Are we all out? You share? Okay. There's more. Okay, great. It's nice when we use all the sheets. It's a great time. Great to have everybody. Okay. 
Welcome. Everyone has? Good? Okay. Great. Okay. We just started. We just started. So, fine. So, after they, so after they pillaged Shaman Amora, the Torah tells us, obviously, they took Lot and all of his stuff, and they left. And they mentioned, by the way, there's a couple of things that are mentioned about Lot in the story, in the Pasuk. What are the things that are mentioned about Lot here that might be extraneous? Or maybe they're not? Why is, that a, why is that not necessary in this Pasuk? I haven't think you're right, Alana, but, but why, 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 don't worry, I'm not, I'm not attacking you. But why? Why is it extra? We're not ready. Yeah, we were told this at the end of Parshas Noah, we're told at the beginning of Parshas Lachacha, that this guy, this, this person, Lot, Lot comes with him, and Lot is the son of his brother, right? Um, his son, his brother Haran. So, so, so good. So question number one, why are we mentioning, right, why are we mentioning the fact that Lot is Ben Achi Avraham, he's the son of Avraham's brother, why are you mentioning that here? It doesn't really seem to be part of the story, unless it is. Unless it is, right? What's one possibility? Why is being mentioned here? The Off the top of your head? That's the reason. Yeah, yeah that's going to oh, Okay, good. I so mean, one very simple reason is that as you're telling the story, that's a reminder. Let's remember who this Lot guy is. Lot is not just some guy. Lot is, right, Avraham's nephew. And there's a reason why he's going to feel more, right, more reason to go after him. Fine. Maybe that's going to give us a little hint of what's going on here. Okay. And then what happens? And by the way, does that, do those, does that phrase make sense here? Who's living in stone? Lot's living in stone. Why are you talking about Lot's living in stone? Not fair, we're out of context. They already got it. Avram and Lot already got in their like, little family feud. And Lot already went to live in Sodom. And we know that. That was part of the conversation. All right, see you later. I'll go this way. You'll go that way. And Lot chooses Sodom. We know that already. Right, so once again, Sodom. He takes Lot. They go to they go to Sodom and they pillage it and they take Lot. And by the way, Lot's living in Sodom. I know Lot's living in Sodom. Right? Also weird. Also weird. Okay. And what happens? There's a certain person who comes. What's up? What's the word palit mean? Really? It's a hard word. To be polite is to someone who's something that's like spit out or kicked out. Right. So the Pali is a per- it's like a refugee. Right? We don't know who he is. He's an anonymous person. Some anonymous refugee from the war. And he goes and he tells who? Avram Avri, why are we calling him now? What? Is that the first time we've ever seen called Avram Avri? That's a good question. I don't know. It might be. I'm not sure. But it's certainly, Avram is called Avram many, 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 many times in this parsha, and he's not called Avram Avri every single time. Okay. I don't know if it's the first time, but it's certainly a little weird. And where's Avram living, just by the way? He's living in Avram. And just by the way, where's Avram living? He's living in this place called Alnei Mamre. And who is, who is Mamre? He's the brother of Eshkol and of Aner. And they're, by the way, people who made a bris with Avram. These are like, Aner, Eshkol, and Mamre come up a few times as like, they were like Avram's friends. He used to like hang out with them. Okay. Anything weird about mentioning them here? No? Maybe? Yes? No? You don't have to. You can say it's fine. It doesn't, have to, be a, doesn't us, have to be a problem. It's, like, I mean, it's talking about war and it's telling us who his allies are. So it's not like okay, so maybe it's mentioning his allies. It's telling us where he lives right now, right? He lives in this area and these are kind of like his neighbors. Okay. It's interesting, right? But is that necessary? So what happens? And Avram hears that his brother has been captured? Has his brother been captured? 
No, who was captured? Nephew. His nephew. Okay, so why is it called Machiv? Okay, he's his brother's son. Or Achiv can also mean... My holy brother. My holy brother. My holy brother. My holy brother. He's his guy. A person who's part of his family, right? And he, he gets all his stuff. So all the people who are living in his house. 318 people. And they run and they, they chase down the five kings till Dan. Why is it called Dan then? Maybe it's going to be called Dan later. Dan is the name of a tribe of the Jewish people later, right? So why it's called Dan? Is Dan the, was Dan the name then? And Dan would be the future place? I don't know. But that's where they get them and he, and he, and he, and he goes ahead and he, and he attacks them and good. And then there's a whole story later about how they you know, split up the, the money and the stuff and the, the, and, the, and the Avadim and everything. They split that all up later. Fine. So as we read through, we don't always necessarily do this, but we went through, we actually asked the questions on the way here today, right? So number one, why they call him Ben Achi Avraham? Number two, why do they why do they say Why well, mention that he lives in Sodom again? We already know that, right? Number two, why is he called right? Why is he called? Oh, sorry, you mentioned why is he called Ben Achi Avraham? Why mention Enar Eshkol Mamre? Why are they being mentioned here? Um, can I ask you a bigger question? Or maybe ask me a bigger question about the whole story. That's a good one. Who cares? We should always ask that question, who cares? Who cares is a question we should always ask. Every story in the Torah, you should ask the question, who cares? Because there's a lot of stuff that's left out. We don't know the vast majority of Abraham's life we know nothing about, including all the fun stuff that the Rambam tells us about, smashing idols. And, well, none of that's in the Torah. The Rambam tells those stories about the smashing the idols and the finding a Hashem and all those things. So we believe those stories are true. Because it's not just it's not just a major teaching us the lesson. The Rambam mentions them as real stories, but we're not told them, right? There's that would be a great story to tell, and the Torah doesn't tell it, right? So so fine. So that's a different shear. Why why not tell that story? But if this story's here, uh, uh, how many wars were breaking out all the time? Once right, go back to last week. Once Hashem spread us all over the world, the people were afraid of war, right? So Hashem spread us out. And there's war all over the place. Medieval times, there's, there's there's wars every day, right? Why tell us the story at all? Good. I'll ask one more question. Why does Avram go to war? So what's supposed to be the answer? To save his brother. To save, his, to save, yeah, to save Lot. There's only one problem with that answer. What, well, one possible problem with that answer. Is there another way that Avram could have gotten Lot back without defeating the five kings? Maybe. A ransom or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just were told a story before this that Avram Lot come back and they're like they're they're very wealthy people, right? There's actually not enough space in where they were for all of their stuff to, to hang out together. So if if someone stole, you know went ahead and it's not clear they only kidnapped Lot. Maybe they kidnapped Lot along with a lot of other people. Presumably he could have shown up with a lot of money and he could have ransomed Lot. Doesn't have to defeat the five kings necessarily. I don't know. Maybe not. Well, it says at the end that he brought, it says that he brought back the Gamadat machine, the Etaham, so they, they, a lot of people were taken. Right, he brings, right, he brings everybody back, right, correct. But, but, but the point is that he, if he's just worried about Lot, you could have argued maybe, go pay ransom and get Lot and Shalom al Yisrael, well, there's no Yisrael, you know what I'm saying, Shalom all these people, they'll be happy. I don't remember, it was Lot and Avram, they, they, they parted amicably or they... So they part relatively amicably, they, 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 it's like, you know, they're okay. They agree, to, they agree to disagree. And they separate, but it's not so, you know, not so, you know, they're fight. They, they separate because they argue about, you know, Lot's 
Lord Shepherds and Afrim Shepherds, whatever they're arguing about exactly, but they have a disagreement that has to do with money. Um, and they end up, you know, separate. They have to live apart. Right. So maybe it's amicable. They're not, they don't hate each other, okay. but it's not that simple. But yes, there is something, there's something to be said for this story right after they separate. What's the first thing that happens? Lot gets captured and Avram comes to save him. That's also something, that's maybe, maybe that's something else to think about. What? Maybe Avram wanted to show the world Hashem's power. It's not just about buying his nephew back. It's like, look what Hashem can do. Okay. Okay, possible. Right? Especially if you believe that but Yark is Chanichav, the 318 people, according to the Medrash, is what? It's not 318 people, it's Eliezer. I think that the Gemachi of Eliezer is 318, I think, maybe, yeah. <laughs> Something like that, I think so. Okay, that's a fun, like, it's a fun Medrash, you know what I mean? But if that's true, then for sure it's a big, a big nace. But even if not, 318 people, just, you know, attacking the, all the five kings itself is a probably big nace also. So yes, maybe. Okay, so I want to show you a couple of things before we jump into, let's jump into some answers. But let's start with... Uh, <laughs> Let's start with Rashi. Rashi, I just want to show you because Rashi holds the keys to a lot of the Midrashim that we are sometimes taught about these stories. So it's nice to know where they come from. Look at Rashi, source number two. By Avoha Palit, right, this refugee who comes to show up. Midrasho, which Lefib Shuto. Classic Rashi. What's the psh, simple pshat? Ze'og. Shepalat minam yachma. Who is it? It's, that, that nun shouldn't be there. It's Og. Who's Og? Og becomes Og Melachabashan. Right? Later on, when, when Moshe Rabbeinu is leading the Jewish people almost entirely to Israel, they have to first fight Og Melachabashan. Og was this big, huge king, and, they, and he defe- defeats Og. So according to the Pshat, says Rashi, who was Og? Og was this future, who is the Palit? This, this guy, Og, who they're going to see 500, 400 something, 400 years later. Yeah, 430, 400, no, 470, 470 years later, which is not as crazy, but you know, in those days, but still a little bit, a little long to live. Um, fine, but he's palat min He was kicked out of the Melchama. Fushikas of kirak og nishar me yeser Because there's a, a pasuk that talks about og being left over after a war. Okay. Uh, fine, but look, but look, the next line, the end of the line, umidrash gracious rabba, ze og shepalat midor hamabul. How was og saved? Og was saved from... The Bible. Mo- Og is hanging on to that. Very good. So where does it come from? It comes from here. So Og, the Palit was Og. Where? How was Og a refugee? What was he say? What was he spit out from, or, rem- or he remained from, from the Dorham Abel? V'zeo meyesar refaim shenemar hanifilim hayu ba'aretz umiskavin shiaharig Avraham v'yisa esarim. Why did Og come to Avraham to send him to war? So he would die. So that Og can marry Sarah. I don't know what the message is that story. But every kid comes home from school and tells this story about Og and Sarah. So it comes from Rashi. So I can't explain it to you. But uh, I just wanted to show it to you where it's from. Fine. Okay. But let's look at the Sworno. The Sworno, the Sworno starts our, our approach, bless you, to understand some of this. So here's some of the questions that we asked. So the Sworno in source number three says as follows. Why did they take Lot? So I would have said, they didn't just take Lot. They just took everybody. And Lot was one of the people who was taken, right? I, wouldn't have, I would have told you that there's nothing specific about them taking Lot, but it just matters to our story that he was taken. But says this forno, and that's not true. Hit as Lot. They actually specifically chose Lot, and they kidnapped him on purpose. Why? Maybe it doesn't mean he was the only person, but he was targeted. Why was he targeted? What was known about Avram? That he was wealthy. Why does it say, Lot ben Achi Avram? Because that's the reason they took him. Right? According to Sforna, the reason they took him was because he was Lot ben Achi Avram. Okay. Is he wealthy in his own right? I mean, what is it? 
No, Avra, oh, we load also? Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe not as much as Avram. I don't know. Like, money yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Dina. Yes. <laughs> also, if they just... Should be here all week. Yeah, what? If they just pillaged and plundered stone, they presumably got loads of stuff, too. Yes, they had loads of stuff already. So, so Avram must have had... According more. to Sforno, Avram had a lot more. Right. Presumably. Okay. Um, right, so the Sforno actually validates the point that I said before. I mean, I knew the Sforno when I said the point, but the, that, that, that they just were after Avram's money. So the religious, so on the one hand, that's, that's just, it's a nice, we can always, sometimes we can have nice shut them in the post that doesn't give us like a foundational concept that we'll like take home with us that makes us feel good. It's just like the right answer. So the Sforno could be the right answer to answer that question, why do why does the Torah say, Ben Achi Avram? The answer is, because that's why he was taken. And why is he taken? To get Avram's money. That's the reason why they, they grabbed him. Avram wasn't, the, the, the Rishonim assumed that Avram was a well-known person in this area. That people knew who he was. He was famous. Um, and people had an understanding of who he was. So, um, fine. So, so Sforna says, that's why, Ben Achi Avram. That's number one. Next. Why, then the Pali comes and tells Avram, Ha'ivri, about what happened. So what happened? Lo sheyada ha'palit shaya Avraham karovalo. Wow. Sforno says, he didn't know. This palit, let's assume it's not Og. Okay, let's assume it's just some, some, some stranger who's running back from the war and comes to Avram and says, Avram, we're in trouble. Right? They, 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 look, well, look what happened here. And Avram says, really? What happened? He said, well, they took this person, this person, they took Lod. And, uh, and Avram goes, oh my gosh, Lod. But the, the person didn't even know necessarily that he was coming to let him know about Lod. Do we know from the Pasuk? The Torah doesn't even say, by the way. It says, He told him what? It doesn't tell us what he told him. But he told him what's happening. And then Avram said, then it says, Avram heard that his nephew was taken. So it could be that he told him, but it sounds like from the way the language is, from the way the Pasuk is structured, that maybe that was just something that came out in the conversation. It wasn't necessarily something that he Told him specifically, hey, Avram, don't, aren't you related to that guy, Lot? And Lot was taken. Not necessarily. Sworn says. Okay. So then, so then why did. I ask a question. Yeah. yeah, then why even say that? Right. Why go? Because right. he's in Ivri. Ah, uh-huh. so here we go. So check it out. So check it out. So, so look at this Sforno. So why did he come to Avram then? Right. right. If he's not related to him, why are you coming to Avram for? Rak yada shahayamachzik bideos ever kamohu. What did he know about him? That he lived a life, he was machzik bideot ever. Who's ever? Talk about this yeshiva that uh, that shame and ever. So ever, right? Ever is an earlier descendant of Noah, right? And ever presumably is known to be this person who was a very moral personality, as was shame, right? Um, and it's what the Sforno seems to be saying. <laughs> Is that the reason this person came to Avram was why? Because philosophically, they believed in the same. He knew, yeah, he knew something about Avram. That Avram was like an Aver guy. You were an Aver, Aver person. You come from, from the philosophy of the of the base medrash of Aver. Okay, whether it was called a base medrash or not, that's what the Chazal like to call it. But whatever you want to say, it was that they lived. There were people who lived a certain life philosophy, a certain. Weltenschung, right? So we have looking at the, at the world. And like, Avram was known to be this type of person. 
that helps us, right? I mean, that, that makes sense to us. We always talk about Avram is known as the monotheist. He goes around doing chesed all the time. He builds, he builds an eshel, this place for people to come, and right? All these things that he does, some from Chazal, but a lot of it from the Torah itself, right? That show that he was this type of personality. And people knew that about him. But wait, so then he went to him because he thought because he's from Eber, he would, he would go and get them back? There's one connection with the other, though. What the is saying is that he did not come to him to come fight a war because Lot was taken. He didn't know that Avram no, was. He was just telling him to fight a war. To fight He's a saying, war. Avram, we're in trouble, <laughs> and you're, you're one of those moral guys, right? You believe in morality. And the five kings just came and... Or is it, I, forget, I always forget. Five kings, is that the four kings? The four kings just came and messed up the five kings. I never remember which ones were. And they, right? And like, that's not right. And they're, they're kidnapped and they're all alone and, and, and people are separated from their families. And this is terrible. Moral outrage. Right? Where's the moral outrage? And where do you go for that? I guess the answer was, you go to Avram. And by the way, that would explain why is he called Avram Ha'ivri. What's the answer? What's Ivri? The same Shoresh of? Aver. Right? We're going to see a different Pshat in Ivri. But, that, but this first Pshat in Avram Ivri is not everyone's on one side, he's on the other. We're going to get to that in a second. But, but Ivri is Milashon Avery. He was like, you're an Aver guy. You're, from that, you're, you're one of those, philosoph- you're philosophically aligned with Aver. And therefore, you're going to be more likely to step up and do something. Right? It's like knowing the right senator to go to. Right? You've got to know like, which, which, right, which person is like, you know, is... Uh, you know, has Rachmanis on your cause. So you have to know which person. Oh, like, right, so that guy, he, right, he visited Israel, so he's to be the one to, right? When you go on, on, on these, uh, you know, missions to Norpak, whatever. You, know, like, you have to know which person, right, is going to be sympathetic to your cause. So Avram was an Ivory. So he said, You're the, this is the guy, go find Avram. He's going he's to help us out. Fascinating, right? So interesting. Okay. And now, and what, what was the last point that we were about? The Bible, who shochein be'elo name Amre? And he's living in Elonim Amre. Says this one, and that's why who went with him? You said who said mentioned this before? That's why they went to war with him, right? They came with him. Right in the end of the story, when they split up the the spoils, they give Aner Eshkol Mamre some of it. Why? Because they were part of the war. They came to fight. Right? So why are we telling us that he's living with them? Because they're his friends, and that's why they came with him. And they're maybe also Aver guys. Right, maybe he's the, maybe he's the, you know, the the leader of the group, but they all they're all, they're all in that same philosophy, and that's where they're going to go. So according to, to this one, we answered. Oh, and by the way, according to all this, why does Avram go then? Matara tells us why he goes. By Yishma Avram Kinishbach, he still goes because. His nephew was. Kidnapped. He's still according to the Torah. You can't say it's just only like a moral thing, right? But. Like we said, according to the Sforno, if they took him, the Sforno also told us they took him for what? Ransom. ransom. So if Avram just cares about Lot, what can he do? Pay the ransom. He can pay the back. ransom and get him out of this. The reason they took him. And what does Avram do is that he's, oh, I hear my, that my nephew's taken. And what does he choose to do? He goes to war. Did he have to do that? No. No. Right? And he chooses to anyways, says the Sforno. Yeah. And we can't. Like, ignore the fact that he's still using the same term, achi, for these other guys as well. So, in other words, if you were just using the word achi for your nephew, then we can say, all right, he's really going a little bit of his nephew. In other words, in the same pasuk, it's using the word achi 
about these other guys. I think Achi, but I think Achi, you're right. Oh, it's not used. No, you're right. You're right. You're you aren't. No, like you're not. Call, in other words, he's calling everyone. I don't think Avram. They're calling them the Achim of Avram. Oh, what are they? Oh, oh, oh. I think it's so their like. It's they're their all. Oh, okay. uh, the the, the Svarya translates it as kinsmen, yeah, yeah, which is yeah. not great. Like you know, I mean, like they're friends. But it's just strange. But but to your point, Alana, Sepharia says kinsmen of Eshkol and Aner, and then he says when Abraham heard that his kinsmen. Right. Had been taking it, so he. Why are you using the same word? They are using the same word. Yeah. So maybe Achi is just like Chevra. Right. Like, you know, right. my holy, holy brothers. Yeah. Holy brothers. Holy brothers. Um, so yeah. Yes. If he just ransoms his nephew, then it's just like basically telling everyone, like, oh, just steal people and we'll give you money. Like, you have to, like, have a strong response. So that you don't get taken advantage of. Okay. So maybe, uh, she's so saying, Avram, maybe the reason he goes to fight the war is not because he's such a, such a moral person, but he's smart. Right? You don't negotiate with terrorists. And if you negotiate with terrorists, then they're going to keep kidnapping people. I mean, that's, that's real. Right? right? That they, you know, save Israel for the most part. Right? They don't. A lot of times they don't do that. Um, a lot of governments won't do it for that exact reason. So you're saying, maybe I'm just just sophisticated in his geopolitical calculations. I hear you. That's true. It's possible. No, I don't mean that as a joke. I'm being serious. Like, you could, that, 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 that's a very fair shot. And he says, I'm not going to do that because then they're going to, they'll start kidnapping other people who are like, they'll, they'll kidnap Anir Eshkel and Mamre, right? And then I'll, be in, then I'll be in trouble also. So it's a fair point. It doesn't have to be like, you know, but, but the argument I like, that's as far as I said, that he, he comes to him because he knew who he was. I, lo- I, I think it's like so fascinating, right? And, it, and, it, and it's, it's compelling. It's a compelling argument. And that because explains so many parts of the, of the pasuk, right? That he that he took him because he was his nephew, and that he comes to him because he knows who he is. Uh, Avram Ha'ivri. He's never called Avram Ha'ivri. Only this, like right here. Fascinating. Okay, but there are two other, two, one and a half other explanations that I want to get to before we finish. And there's a lot of Hebrew, so we're not we're gonna, we'll we'll make our way through it, but not we won't read every single word. Daksava Kabbalah. Rav Yaakov C. Mecklenburg was a, a rov in Germany in the 1800s. And a really, really, very, really interesting parish on the Torah. And he writes like this. He says like this. Look in Torah number five. Ben Achi Avram. What is this idea of calling Lot his nephew? He writes, We already know who Lot is. So what is this? What is does the Torah come to teach me? They didn't take Lot. Because, why are you telling me he's Ben Achi Avraham? Because they tell us why they took him. But he has a different take on why they took him. Not because, he, they're telling us that he was, he was singled out again. Okay? But why is it? There's something very specific about him. Right? Why did they attack stone? Because they hated stone. Right, because because the Torah explains a little bit that like Sodom wasn't listening to them. They were in they, they they like they uh, they rebelled against the rule of the four kings over them. Okay, so that's why they attacked them. They took Lot. Why? Because he's Avram's nephew. It's not so good always to know the king, right? Because things will happen to you. What do they hate about Avraham? His religion. His religious perspective. Upir Sein Barabim Emunah Kozev Rashayim Ahem. 
Right? And Avram was going around preaching to all these people, by the way, at least 318 of them were hanging out with him. Right? So Avram is, right, I should, we know, I mean, and we know a little bit, that Avram would, right, there were people who were hanging out with Avram and liked the message that he was giving. And there were others who were not so happy with Avram and his message, which is not so surprising and not so unrealistic. It's very, Avram was doing something that no one else was doing and talking about things that no one else would talk about. He was actually blasphemous in the world of Avodah Zarah, right? So these people didn't like him. Everybody hated him, in fact, right? Can imagine, the Jewish person, everybody hated. When he comes to, 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 at the end of the story, Malkitzedek shows up and he wants to, you know, make a l'chaim. You know, it's amazing. Hashem protected you from what? Tzarecha, from all the people who hate you. Right? There are lots of people who hated Avraham. Ubefrat Amrafel Menach Shinar. Why Amrafel Menach Shinar? Shehu Nimrod, the rabbis say. The Chazal say that Amrafel Menach Shinar was actually Nimrod. Who's Nimrod? Nimrod is the king who throws Avram, according to the Medrash, Throws Avram in the fire. This is, this, is, this is playing Midrashim on each other, right? Still, right? To be honest, what we're doing here. Right? That Nimrod is the one who throws Avram in the fiery furnace. Right? That, by the way, that, that Midrash, just to give it a, a, to be able to play it a little fair, where does that Midrash come from? That Avram's thrown in a fiery furnace? It's because there's a story, the Torah says that, Vayamas Haran Apanei Terechaviv, Haran, Avram's brother, dies in front of Terech, his father, where? Be'ur Kazdim, in the fire of Kazdim. It's from, the, that, it's a, the story that, that we don't need to hear at all. It's a Pasuk that is totally extraneous. So Chazal take that Pasuk and they learn from that story what happened. Oh, what happened? Avram was smashing idols, like the Rambam tells us. And his father was very unhappy, brings him to Nimrod. Nimrod says, okay, bow down to idols, I'm throwing in the fiery furnace. Well, well surprise, Avram wasn't the only son of Terach. There was Haran there also. And Har- Haran's watching this. And so the Medr says that Avram says, no problem. And so they, what, they're going to ask T- Haran too. And Haran says to himself, I'll do what... No, uh, well, let, if Avram survives... He makes it tonight. You know? If Avram... He came to Tamachacham. If Avram survives, I'm in. If Avram dies, then I'm out. Right? So that's not... That's not Bitochon Hashem. That doesn't work that way. Right? God doesn't play games. So Avram jumps in and he's saved. They throw Haran in. So they say, Haran, what do you do? He goes, I'm in. It's going to be great. I'm going to be saved. And what happens? He dies. By Yamas Haran Apanei Terach Aviv, in front of his father's face, Be'ur Kasdim, in the fire of Kasdim. And that's where this story comes from. And so it's based on a, on a puzzle. Like it's still, again, Chazal are still taking license. But fine. But the bottom line is, the Ksav Kabbalah wants to say, connect the dots, in the Chazal at least. If Amraphel Melch Shinar is Nimrod, who hates Avram, in fact, wanted to kill him, and was probably furious when Avram survives the, the, the fire of Orkazdim, so not surprising that he's out to get him again, according to the story. Okay, fine. But the bottom line is the next line. And he says, Al Shashibir Ha'ilim, right? He was upset that he smashed the idols. Ve'ein sinna kesinas hadas. There is no hatred like religious hatred. You want the most horrific hatred? It's the hatred of one religion for the other. Hmm. It's not, right? Right, right. It's not surprising. Right? We know exactly what that means, and he's totally right. So it's not so surprising then, just by the way, take that now, take that whole story now, and yet it's basically on something that, some of these things basically on Midrashim. But at the end of the day, what's the argument? The argument is they grabbed Lot, 
because they hate Avram. They can't get after Avram, so they grab Lot, right? Because of his, who he is, right? In which case, what's Avram's response when they, when he, they have Lot? What's he going to do? He's not just going to rant. First of all, they're not going to give him back for money. He's going to have to fight to get him back, right? And if anything, when Avram is successful, what does he show? What does he show when he's successful? And he wins. The Hashem's behind him. The Hashem's behind him. Right? This is a religious war. That's what this really is. Right? Look at the next, the next line. They the next paragraph. Them, then why don't they just kill him? I mean, they're trying to bait Avraham. I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, why don't they just kill him? Um, well, because when you have that kind of hatred, it's like, you know, if you look at like, watch movies, like, you want to just, you want to see that they see it, like that their loved ones are being tortured. Oh, oh he, says it. he says it. He says it. He says it. But he says it. He answers your question. Keep on going in the next line. Vitachen. Look at this. Jenny, nice question. Vitachen. Vitachen. It's possible. See where I am at the end of the line? Vitachen should be kavana lo himisu at lo. Rachi shiru b'chayim. They didn't kill him. They kept him alive. Peni shtadel avram leftosamim. Because avram's going to show up maybe. He's going to try to redeem him. Aydezeg yavo gam huli adam. Vim sumakom yinakem gam bo. Right? They're baiting him to come fight till they'll be able to kill him. Right? And in the day, what happens? Avram wins. Right? Avram wins. Okay. Um, and, and if that's true, though, now, says, it says Rabbi Shemnethenberg, Yaakov Shemnethenberg, what's the pshat? Avram Ha'ivri? Why is it called Avram Ha'ivri in this story? That's the whole reason for why this is happening. That's the whole reason. Take a look. The Avram Ha'ivri, Bishar Makomos Lohuskar Rak Shem Avram Levado. In no other place. I don't know if it's the only place, but there are no other places. He's named, I'm telling you, the name Avram comes up a lot of times in the Parsha, I know. It comes up a lot of times. And then it switches to Avram in the middle. It's hard for Bermitsu boy. It switches from Avram to Avram in the middle of the Parsha. But, but it's, his name is all over the place. And he's never called Avram Avery. Right? V'kan sirif dam shem yichuso shehu ivri. Why? Ki rak mi bichina zu hit orer hapalit lagida davari lav. Lioto ivri. Fascinating. He says, here he says, that's why they came to him. The Palit shows up. He says the same same shot. He shows up to him specifically because he's in Ivri. He knows that Avram, not that Avram is just a moral guy like he's from Aver, but he wants to fight against idolaters. Right? He wants to prove that God is correct. That's God. Right? This is the reason why he had to leave his, leave, leave his home. Wow. He wanted them to go fight. To go fight with it. To go fight with it. And, and he writes later on this idea. He says that there's actually three different ways that, that the word Ivri is explained. And one of them is Ivri. Everyone's on one side and Avram's on the other side. He's all by himself. He's the only one who believes in one God. But he's starting to build this idea in the world. And that's why they attack him. So now we have like sort of two answers to our questions, right? Answer number one is that this was like a, they take him for his money, right? They want, but Avram could have just redeemed him and instead he goes, goes and defeats them. Why? Because why does the Palit come to him? Because he knows he's a moral person, right? He's an Ivri, you're from the house of Aver, right? And that's why he goes to fight, not because he's trying to like win some religious war, but because it's the wrong thing. They're, these guys are, are bullying other, other nations. It's not right. I'm going to stand up for them. According to the second shot, this is a much more religious conversation, a much more religious battle, and that's why they go after him. That's why they steal Lot to bait Avram to come, and Avram says, no problem, I'll come. And he fights, and he wins. One last 
thing to take a look at. Not so so different, but I think it's very it's very it's very nice. Take a look at the Emma Yaakov. Source number six is Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky, who was Rosh Hashiva in, in Mesifis Tar Vadas. And Rav Yaakov writes as follows. Source number six. Vayishma Avram ki nishba achiv ver yarek eschani chaver. And he gets his chaver together to go. And he writes like this. Hinei, ilu haya Avraham shoel she'ila. Really you say, Avraham shoel she'ila. Furiyasa she'ila. Ich hayav leilich latzila lot. Right? Let's say Avraham would ask his Rebbe. Go ask a posik. Do I have to go fight this war? What would the answer be? That he's Potter. So you, you know that's the answer because why would he bring it up for, right? Why would he, but why would he not have to go? Halakhically? It's not defense. Because? It's not like defense. Okay, it's not defensive war. Okay. What else? He's given another option. Okay, so first of all, maybe he has the other option to use his money only. Okay. What else? He's never commanded to. He's never commanded to. Well, he certainly doesn't have a mitzvah to do so, right? There's no Torah does, yet. Does but let's he, say it's even the time. Let's say there was a Torah already. Does he have to risk his own life yeah. in order to save Yeah, there's a big shayla, right? Does a person have to put themselves in suffix sakana, right? To save somebody else who's in sakana. Just because someone else is in danger doesn't mean I have to die. Isn't there a mitzvah to redeem like, captives? Right. Yes. But the question, but do you have to go storming up like. Whatever, there's a lot of examples, right? Storming into a burning building to save somebody, if you know that by going in, you yourself might die. So the answer is, is you actually don't have to. In some cases, you're not allowed to. Right? There's certainly a certain level of risk you're allowed to take for yourself in order to save somebody else, right? So you might have argued, in this case, to go take his 318 guys and fight five kings, right, to save Lot, even if Lot will die, right? He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to do it. Look what he says. For sure, the answer would be he doesn't have to go. You don't have to put yourself in such a dangerous situation to save somebody else. It's the whole shalom, the organ donation, and all this stuff, right? About these questions. So, why did Avram do it? Okay, first, I tell him to do that. Every okay. day, uh, all day, right. for each other. Correct, they do. Right, well, there might be a, there's a different story when it comes to a, an army. The, different, the question, of, of, the question of, of risking your life in situations like an army is a different challenge in the postgame because if you didn't have an army, so the whole framework of the, the whole country would fall apart, right? You couldn't, the, the, nobody would exist without the army. So there's an, there's an understood risk that has to be taken by soldiers, otherwise you wouldn't, the, the, the world wouldn't function. There's a concept in the postgame when we talk about the question of, of risk in general, this is like our, this is a really fun topic. Like a couple of years ago, there was like this thing that was going on that I'm not going to say, say what it's called. And there was a lot of conversation about risk, how much risk, you know, to, to go to shul, to go to the supermarket, blah, 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 right? And so the big conversation, I'm not saying what it's called. We're not saying the word. Um, and so we, um, so there's a big conversation about risk. So, so one of the discussions in the post game is exactly this question, right? Can a person drive a car? It's risky to drive a car too, right? So the answer is that's that's a normal thing that people do. But but going to together, but being a soldier, right? So some opposing say certain things that are necessary for the functioning of the world. Being a police officer, being a firefighter, but you, you don't you, you can't function. The world can't function if you don't have certain people taking certain risks, right? If everyone would say I can't go to war, it's too dangerous, so we'd have no army, right? So that, that can't. So the opposing say that can't be part of the judgment. Whatever we, we can talk but about. That's them. this situation. Okay. Abraham is well. He's not required. He's not. A, he's not a warrior. 
He's not. He's not. He's not. But he's the, a leader. He's not the he's IDF. Gathering the other. Okay. Fine. But anyways, well, let's just finish it because we're running out of time. I'm running out of time. I don't want to run over time. So, but it's a, it's a fair point. Okay. So, so what do you do it for? Does, also, by the way, there's no Torah yet in this story. But I know Chazal say I'm going to the whole Torah, but he's still not chayiv to do that, right? It's not, there's no requirement for him to keep mitzvahs. So why did he do it? Elamasha asa ken Avram. Why did he do it? Who mishum sha'avos nikru yesharim. The, the, what's, what's the name of, the, of every, every book in the Torah? Bracious, Noah, Bracious, uh, Shmos, Vayikra, etc. All have, have different titles, like different like, you know, uh, nicknames. What's the nickname for, like, like Bamidbar is called Sefer HaPakudim. That's why it's called Numbers. Right? All, right? So why is Vayikra is, is uh, you know, is um, Torah's Kohanim. Because it's all about the story, how the Kohanim keeps the halachos. What's, what's the name for Bracious? Sefer Hayashar. It's the, it's, the, it's the book of those who walk the straight path. What are we talking about? What do you mean? What do you mean? Vahainu, shekolan hagasam haisa lo apidine Torah. El apiyasecha hayashar. The Avos didn't have Torah. They just had to do what was right and good. Right? The Torah actually commands us. V'yasitza hayashar v'yato v'nei Hashem lo Sometimes there's no mitzvah to do anything. You just have to do what's right. Right? Ki halokim asa sadam yashar. Hashem made people that way. You want to tell me it's a chayav or not? Does he have to? I don't care if he has to. It's the right thing to do. Right? And that's what he did. Right? He feels he has to. He's responsible for him. Why? Right? Because his brother died because of him. That's probably the reason why Avram feels responsibility to Haran died because of him. He feels this responsibility towards him. Right? Did he have to? He didn't have to. But it was the right thing to do? Absolutely it was. So why do we tell the story? Because this is what people do. People stand up for each other. People take care of each other. That's what you do when you have to. Right? Someone, someone that you care about, someone that you're responsible for is in trouble, you go save them. Okay, if you have no skill at all, obviously you don't do it because you're gonna, it's not worth it. But if you have the skills and you have the ability, so you go and you do what you got to do because that's what it is, right? That's what it is. That's what you do. And he says, that's the pshat he says, and look at the next paragraph. The Torah says. Hashem gave us the Torah and the mitzvah. What does that mean? Torah and mitzvah? I get mitzvah. Mitzvah is the mitzvah. What's the Torah? The Torah is the mitzvah. So what's, why, why the redundancy? Give us, Hashem gave us Torah and mitzvah. It's the stories of the avos. Which is taught to us before the mitzvah. Rashi begins the Torah by saying, start from Rosh Chodesh. Why are you starting with these stories? Right? And he gives a different answer. But the answer here. Teaches us how to live our lives. Beautiful. Teaching how to live life even without mitzvahs. Sometimes there's no mitzvah. Sometimes the Torah doesn't say what to do. So what do you do? You act like the Avos. That's what you do. Right? And that's, he says, and he says later on, he says that's what it means. Like that we say, um, Derech Eretz Kalman Latorah. What does it mean, Derech Eretz Kalman Latorah? The answer is, 
how to be how to be a mensch, how to be a person, comes before the Torah. So according to the, the Emma Yaakov, again, he's not like taking a side here on the story, but the point is that the the, the purpose why tell me the story in the first place? The answer is because that's what the whole book is about. This entire Sefer Bereshit doesn't give you one mitzvah. You're gonna say bris milah. It's not true. Bris milah is taught to us later, right? We get we get a, a tzivah for bris milah later. You don't. You basically don't need don't need bereshit at all for any mitzvahs. And what the answer is exactly. We don't. That's not what it's here for. It's here to teach us to be how to be yisharim, how to be how to have what he calls menshlachkeit, and how to be human being. So in the end of the day, this story actually is pretty fundamental, right? Either it's a story of a person who goes ahead and goes above and beyond because this is someone that he cares for and that's the type of person that he was. It teaches me what it means to be Avram Ivri, a person who comes from the philosophy of Aver and is a person who cares about morals and values and ethics and does the right thing. It's a person maybe who was fighting a religious war right, and that he's baited because of the, the, the fact that the whole world hated him because of what he believed and he didn't stand down and he continued to fight for what he believed in. Right? And probably all, they're all true at the same time, it teaches us what it means to be a Yashar. A person who uses, uses the concept of sometimes the, the question of what do I need to do is not a Shiloh to ask somebody. Sometimes the answer is, I just know what it is. Hashem made us Yashar. He know, he, we know what we're supposed to do. We know how to act sometimes. Right? We actually have a mitzvah like that. Right? Hashem says. And the Ramban there says, because Hashem can't tell you every second what to do. Sometimes you just have to ask yourself, what's the right thing? And do that. Technically, technically I could get away with it. That's not, that's not the way of a Jew. The way of a Jew is to be, to be a Yashar. Okay. That's it. Thank you. All right. Before we go, nice to meet you. Hi, Leora Greenspan. Leora Greenspan and Sharon Kaplan. Sharon Kaplan. Elijah Kaplan, sister, oh. mother.